102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Use them for a change. I promise every now and then we'll try. Just uh, just help the show. Make it better. The phone number is 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it this week, I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it this week, then do so. Please don't suck. Make the show better if you can. Get straight to the point. Make sure you check out and subscribe to the podcast that we drop each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcast. Same with the YouTube channel as well. We post those videos each afternoon. You can check out the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. For all the discussions, and we all know they are nonstop, but for all the discussions about Dak Prescott and all of the ranting, most of the ranting is about blaming the guy for everything. Most of the ranting is about he's never going to win whatever. Most of the ranting is essentially blaming him for everything from the Hindenburg to COVID. There is, I believe, at this point... And there's not many different angles. You know, most of the angles about Dak Prescott are pretty straightforward, and that is he sucks, right? That's where people like to leave it. But there is now, believe it or not, there is a twist, a different twist on the whole angle of Dak Prescott's current and future in the NFL. And it's not just that will he be in Dallas. The interesting thing now is does he want to leave Dallas? Would he leave Dallas? Why would he leave Dallas? I mean, it's easy to go off on, you know, how terrible you think the guy is and how everything is his fault. It's not. But he has incredible power in a contract. And what if he just said, I, th- I think I'll go. I, I, th- I think I'm going to leave. I don't know if, that, if many of you would think that would be a smart move or a dumb move. But it's, uh, it's an interesting twist now. I do want to say this, though, as this guy is chum in the water every single day. Imagine, imagine if Dak Prescott were different. And I don't mean not a different kind of player, but a different personality altogether. Imagine if he wasn't one of the most humble, quiet, respectful stars in the game today at the most diva position in all of sports. The most humble, boring stars at that position, quarterback, include Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins of Minnesota, maybe, Jalen Hurts of Philadelphia, and quite possibly Jared Goff of Detroit. Maybe throw Brock Purdy in there too. I, I don't know, but you get the point. It's um, This is a list of drama-free stars, and it's, it's a small list, uh, particularly a quarterback or a wide receiver in the NFL. But these are drama-free people. You can say this about Dak Prescott. He is drama-free. In a place that is full of drama, he has so little, it's not even funny. Unfortunately, he has so little drama, it's no fun. But at that position, it is exceedingly rare that you would find somebody without drama that is quiet, that is 
not a publicity dumpster fire. Those guys that I just listed are lightning rods. Now, no one is a lightning rod quite like Dak Prescott, and I don't think that's ever going to change. He maintains the same public demeanor, just like these other guys I listed, the same public demeanor. He stays off social media, and he always owns when things go badly, almost to the point that it's, uh, it's psychologically uncomfortable. He owns so much. But there is not a news conference, if things go horribly wrong, that he doesn't own it. I'm not saying, before we do this thing where, why, are you, why do you think he's so good? I'm not saying that. I'm saying, what if his personality was different? I'm not arguing that he's one of the best five in his position in pro football. I don't think he is. I, a, an argument can be made that he's not one of the ten best in his position. Fine. Um, but he's the ultimate company man and imagine the environment if he wasn't the ultimate company man his owner as you all know is the most drama filled diva among owners in all of sports and has been for a long long time there's no one like him anywhere in the world so it would be easy for that place to be a complete mess it would be easy for the Cowboys to even be a bigger circus if Dak Prescott were Aaron Rodgers. Now, I could hope for that to happen because that would be great for the talk show business. Dak Prescott is terrible for the talk show business. But if he were Aaron Rodgers, imagine that, that environment. Imagine if you switched out Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers. You switched out Dak Prescott for Kyler Murray. You could probably find other quarterbacks, none like Aaron Rodgers, of course. Aaron Rodgers... If he were if he were in Dak Prescott's spot, I know you're going to say, well, he wouldn't be, he'd be better. Oh, yeah? When was the last time you saw him play a full season that was better than Dak Prescott's? Really? This past year? No. Aaron Rodgers, if he were in the same spot, it would be, not, it's nonstop drama now. Imagine if he were in Dallas. He would blame vaccines. He would blame Anthony Fauci. He would blame UFOs. Every time something went wrong and he was criticized, like Dak Prescott, he'd whine and quit every Wednesday. He'd probably quit twice a week. Then he would spend all of his time on talk shows talking about whether or not he's going to retire because he doesn't need it anymore. I might need to get out. I might want to get out. I mean, imagine that world... If they had Aaron Rodgers or someone even close to Aaron Rodgers, that kind of diva, they have just the opposite personality in Dak Prescott with an owner who's a lot like Aaron Rodgers. So few NFL players, I just gave you the few I can think of, could be a stoic given the scrutiny he faces. I don't know anyone that could. I mean, his owner, and I think part, I think part of the the love affair with Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott is the fact that I think even Jerry Jones can sense, thank goodness he's not like me. Thank goodness he's not like Aaron Rodgers. Thankfully, we're not a complete publicity mess because he just shows up and goes to work and keeps his mouth shut. So um, I say all that, and you can disagree all you want. I mean, that's fine. Um, it's like arguing about artwork. But I say all that. Because the debate is on about his future in Dallas. And an angle has sort of come up that I really haven't thought about much. And that is, are they going to keep him there? Oh, what if he wants to go? What if he wanted to go? So this is on ESPN this morning.
just to prove to you that no matter what is going on in the NFL, no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what happens in New Hampshire, Dak Prescott is still going to be a topic, but this one isn't bad to kick around. I don't know that I agree. In fact, I'm pretty sure I don't agree. But it's an interesting concept that has kind of a compelling argument. Has gone out and done everything. Right. And I'm going to tell you who should, and that is Dak Prescott. There is no human being in the history of the National Football League. They've been playing this game for 103 years, 104 years. No one has ever had the leverage that Dak Prescott Ooh, has. Ooh, I like it. His cap hit next season is $59 million, and that's the last year of his deal. He has he has a, no franchise tag clause. He has final authority on all trades. He has total control in a way that no football player ever has, including people who are free agents. Yeah. Free agents don't get to choose. They don't get to set their own market. His is already set at $59 million. Mm. So Dak needs to walk into Jerry Jones's office and say, this is where I want to go. Trade me there now. And Jeff, you know exactly where that should be. The Atlanta Falcons. Do it. Oh, today. <laughs> go in there with the papers today. Let's get this thing fast forwarded. Go down. You've got plenty of talent. You have, hopefully, Bill Belichick is going to be the coach or somebody's going to be in there to make this and turn this but they, they play good on defense they have weapons on offense and you're talking about a guy who's going to walk in and command that type of that type of energy and you're in the nfc south mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to knock conferences but I, or divisions but i will say it, it they're tends, bad it, it tends <laughs> to be a little the easier. champion of the division was nine eight. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Right eight. Shot. but yeah exactly like if you're nine and seven okay that's our that's our mark let's go get this thing and so if i if i'm dak prescott this is my kind just hand it to jerry after what they've jerry. had there the you don't think they're going to give him the contract that he wants wouldn't atlanta give him that contract in the blink today. of an eye arthur blink today that's this guy yeah actually um huh haven't thought of that right and he has to demand to leave, but is it set up pretty well at ESPN? He has complete control. From what I understand, he could walk in there. <laughs> it would be a circus. He could and say, you know, I'd like to go. I've done all I can, man. I've had your back, and you cannot deny. There's no way anyone listening, anyone that spent any time in this state, Jerry Jones is lucky to have that guy because he has his back. Now, Jones has his back, too. He really does. And selfishly because Jerry Jones wants it to work with Dak Prescott because Jerry Jones, that's my guy. I want it to work for me. But think about this. I don't believe that he would want out. I don't. Um, but I kind of get the argument. I get, I get that he has the power to do so. But it's something that's rarely, if ever, mentioned. Hey, what if he wants to leave? Forget how badly you hate him. Forget how badly fans rail on the guy. Forget, I don't know, forget if Jerry Jones really wanted to trade him. What, what if he just said, you know what? Huh. Bill Belichick and me, fresh start, new city. They don't care, people don't care as much. Um, okay. Think about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting argument to start to make. I, I don't believe that he would want out. And I don't know that he would want out. I don't let a, no, I don't agree that the Atlanta deal, as they said on ESPN, Jeff Saturday said on ESPN, right now, today, tomorrow, I'm out. Let me go work for the Walmart guy. I'm out of here in a heartbeat. I don't know that I completely buy that. I get the thinking, and it's interesting. 
and it would be a wild day if it were to happen. But wh- where would he go? He has the power. What they're saying is right. Can you imagine a scenario in which he walks into that office and says, man, I'm tired. You know, I'm really tired. I'm sick of it. I don't know if we're going to get over the hump. I need a fresh start. I'm out, man. Would it be New England? Would it be Atlanta? I mean, that, that sounds like where Bill Belichick is going to land. I mean, then I'm going to start this whole thing about it. This whole problem could have been solved. You could have had Bill Belichick as your head coach, and he could, he could sit down with Dak Prescott and say, it's going to be different now, kid. It's going to work out differently. But let's assume Belichick takes the gig in Atlanta. They pay him. I, I assume Bill Belichick, I've already said this, that wherever he goes, if it is Atlanta... Because it's weird that he has to take the scraps. The job Jim Harbaugh doesn't want is going to be given to the most successful coach of our time. But one of the things he's going to do is he's going to walk in, if, it's, if it is Atlanta, which is a good roster with a good owner, and he's going to say, I, I, you got, I'm not playing with this guy at quarterback. i got to go get another one. I need somebody now. Because Bill Belichick is chasing a one-and-a-half-year, two-year deal. Bill Belichick is chasing 14 wins. And if I were the owner, I wouldn't blame him for that. He's going to want to find the guy that gets him to 14 wins as fast as possible. Names like Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott automatically come up. Would it be Atlanta? Would it be Seattle? Tell me they wouldn't want him in a heartbeat. Tell me they wouldn't want the guy in a heartbeat. And if he wanted to get far away from Dallas and that spotlight, Seattle would be a pretty good stop. Are any of them better than Dallas? No, they're not. See, that's where I see the problem. Um, I don't know that he loves it there, but I know that he knows enough that Dallas is better with him and what's around him for right now. Dallas is better than all those teams. I think the only reason, hear me out, I think the only reason, legitimate reason, money would be won, somebody like Atlanta and possibly Seattle could throw crazy money at him. I don't know if it's worth it, but Bill Belichick might be able to demand it. Bill Belichick might be able to walk into uh, the Walmart guy and say, you know what, get him whatever he wants, or you don't get me. I think the only reason why he would really want out of Dallas besides money is that it's a publicity nightmare. There's actually a point in which I could see the guy saying, I am tired of being nice. I am tired of standing up here and bailing you guys out from acting like a jackass, I'm, I'm just tired, man. I'm sick of it. I mean, he'd have to snap, and he'd have to snap so much that he would say, I'm just tired of this place. Boss, you've had my back. And I think if he did stay, I think part of the reason he would stay and will stay is because of Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones having his back. But I guess if you want to play with this argument... He sits down and says, you know, you've had my back the whole time, but man, I am tired. I'm tired. You get a fresh start. I get a fresh start. I get to go somewhere where I'm not the talk show conversation all day, every day because I play for the Cowboys. Let me put on a different helmet and watch how my life changes publicly. And he's right. It would. You go to Atlanta, Dak Prescott would not be mentioned again. Again. He's sick of his boss. He's sick of the talk shows. He's sick of social media. He's sick of the fans. He's sick of being a nice guy. He's sick of being a company man. 
I don't think he's sick of Jerry Jones, though. I don't think. I think he might be tired of everything else, and who would blame him? But I think Jerry Jones is going to pay him, and I think Jerry Jones is going to praise him. But if he were to, if he were to, if he were to drop that grenade, tell me I'm wrong. It would be because he just wants that star off his head. Like it is just a lot of baggage for a guy that doesn't like baggage. He is the most reluctant superstar that I can think of. The guy's the anti-diva in every way. His post-game news conference after they blew it against Green Bay is, I sucked, I need to be better. He said it like 500 times in his career. What do you think? The chances that he would walk in and say, I'm tired. Bill Belichick called me. Bill says he's my, I'm, I'm his guy. They're going to pay me, Jer. They're going to pay me more than you'll pay me. And you know what, man? I want out of here. I just, I just want to get, I'm tired. I just want a fresh start. Could you buy it? Could you see it? Could you see it? And maybe people would say, you know, that's a win-win. He gets out. He gets out of the headache. He gets out of the limelight. He gets away from all of us. And then Jerry Jones gets to do what all of you want, and that is start from scratch and go find somebody else and go get a different quarterback. I don't think the results will be better. I don't. I really don't. But some people would argue it's a win-win, a win for Dak Prescott, a win for the Cowboys fans, and even a win for Jerry Jones. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Shut up, smoker voice. Let the kid talk. Look, I'm not into that whole real crime thing, the whole real crime podcast, real crime, real crime stories. I think the last crime story that I found myself sadly obsessed with was that lunatic that murdered the college, allegedly murdered the college kids in Idaho. I got I got obsessed with that one. I just I found that so I still to this day find that really weird and hard to believe that you could kill stab multiple young people and the people upstairs don't wake up. But I now found another crime is it a crime? I guess that's where I'm screwing up right away. I've now found what I think is another crime story that I'm about to be obsessed with. I'm going to start by saying this. I don't know what you're going to say. If you say something differently, then please weigh in. I'm going to start by saying, no way. No way. Are you kidding me? There. That's what I'm saying. And if you say something differently, like you've got this figured out, please, let's do it. Uh, Let's piece this together. I'm sorry. I, I should qualify this. I'm sorry these guys have died. Three people are dead. And it's tragic. I'm not trying to minimize that. Not laughing about it. But. Yeah, there's a but. They're just sit. We're led to believe. We are told. They're just sitting in the guy's backyard. Freezing to death. And I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic freezing to death. I mean, they died in his yard. Three of them. This is. One of the most bizarre, sadly knuckle-headed stories that you're going to hear. Now, let's be clear about this, too. Okay? These are 
I don't know, guys in their 30s or 40s, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, these are not, these are not, uh, somebody didn't leave somebody's 98-year-old great-grandfather in a wheelchair in the backyard. It's not like that at all. It's not like they're on top of Mount Everest. They're in suburban Kansas City. How hard is it to walk 10 feet to not die? To not die. I got to believe, I mean, I've been at the top, like a lot of people, the top of a mountain uh, skiing and stuff where, you know, you think you think you're going to get the frostbite. It's, it's painful. It's really painful. Painful enough that you probably wouldn't sit there and die unless you were left somewhere. But you're telling all of us, you're an adult, a capable three of you, three of you. Would you, would you die in someone's backyard? Could that really happen to you? Could, would you not help your buddy who says, I'm dying here in the backyard in suburban Kansas City? Okay, uh, I don't know if I've set this up properly. I, I'm going to keep saying, no way are you kidding me. I don't buy it for a second. I'm having a hard time believing somebody didn't kill someone else. But here we go. <laughs> the Chiefs are in a playoff game at home was it that game against the Dolphins? Is that right? Is that the one that was so cold? I think that's right. Yeah, because their next game was on the road in Buffalo. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they're watching on TV. I don't know. Um, either way, Kansas City's been really cold the last few weeks. I said Kansas City. Well, three guys came over for a party. They're dead in the backyard. This is a really bizarre and upsetting story for a true detective. Three men were found dead in the Kansas City backyard of a friend who had invited them over to watch the Chiefs game earlier this month. The game was on January 7th, but their bodies weren't found in his backyard until January 9th, and that was only after the fiance and one of the men had broken into the home and called police after trying in vain to try to get a hold of that host for days. And his name is Jordan Willis, the man who hosted the party, and his lawyer told me that Jordan had passed out on the couch and slept for two days, totally oblivious to the fact that his friends were apparently freezing to death in his yard. Now, Willis isn't accused of any crimes. The police say there's no foul play. The men weren't murdered. So what happened to Ricky Johnson, Clayton McGinney, and David Harrington? These were all longtime friends. They even had plans to attend a Chiefs playoff game the next week, according to Jordan's lawyer. You know, an autopsy report will help shed some light on this tragedy, but for now, it's a really a head-scratcher that's generating a lot of speculation and concern online. Yeah, look, I hate to play into it, but for pretty good reason. Is anybody really buying the idea that these guys said they didn't, you know, they, were, they didn't get lost on top of a mountain? They're in suburban Kansas City in some guy's backyard, and he's passed out for two days? Really? Two days? Um, okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm freakish about this stuff. I think I could survive a lot. I bet most of you, if you really felt that you were so cold that you were really in danger, you're telling me you can't get out of your backyard? How hard can that really be? Oh, maybe they, but Jeff, maybe they knocked on the, the, the back door and know, you know, their buddy here, this knucklehead who's allegedly passed out for two days, didn't open the door. Okay. Okay. What kind of backyard does this guy have? Like a giant razor wire fence? You can't yell? Oh, and you don't have cell phones. Really? You couldn't climb the fence? Couldn't open the gate? 
You're going to freeze to death in the guy's backyard. Is that right? Uh-huh. I'm going foul all the way through, man. That is, I'm going foul. I, I know, I know. Well, but Jeff, they're drinking a lot. Okay. All three of you pass out? All three of you. You mean one of you can't vomit enough to be able to just go and open the gate and stumble to the street and say, I got to get some help here. I got to get on my mobile phone and go ahead and call someone and say, come get my buddy. He's face down the backyard. If he stays here too long, he might die. They didn't drop him into an iceberg. It's suburban Kansas City. I assume they had clothes. Can you believe this? I, I've, I've had to read it twice. And I'm really, come on. I mean, we don't know any more than this as of now. That's pretty hard to believe as well. So let's do it. Let's do true detective. I, if you want to argue with me and say, no, Jeff, here's how it could have happened. Okay, I'm willing to listen. Uh, but I'm still going to get stuck on the idea that um, I don't know what they had ingested, but I, I, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I'm not, bu- I'm not buying that he was passed out for two days. I'm not buying that either. At some point, no matter how drunk you are, you're going to wake up. And maybe in a couple hours, and you don't look out there and go, man, where's Bob? Where's Bob and the guys? Oh, my God, they're outside. <laughs> no way. No way. If I think it, Do I think it's a crime? Yeah, I kind of do. And then you get to this other issue. Let's say everything reported is true. Let's say everything reported is true. Is... And I know the host of whatever show, crime show this is, said, well, there's no... There's no no criminal charges. I would say yet. Is this the same thing as somebody stumbling into your swimming pool and drowning? Are you liable for that? Are you liable? Here it is. Are you liable for people freezing to death in your backyard? Assuming there's no other crime committed, again, I'm assuming there is. But would this guy be culpable in some way? I got to believe that I guess yes. I guess. Then again, if I, you know, if he goes on trial and I'm sitting on a jury and then his lawyer says, well, okay, he was pa- passed out of his own vomit during the game, but his buddies could get out of his yard. It's not like he locked him in there. You know, it's not like he stripped him down and poured cold water on them and threw him in his own backyard to die. They can get out. They could call someone. They're grilling hot dogs in the backyard. How hard can it be? <laughs> All right, phone number 512-834-1027 on Twitter. Go ahead, have at it. I, you know, maybe there's more that I, I'm late to the crime scene. I always am. I'm not very good at pop culture, and I'm not into this crime thing, but I, this, one is, this one's too much, man. This is, there's no way. I, I'm not buying this for a second. On Twitter, it's at Jeff Ward Show. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. better like that kid all right on twitter or x or whatever it's called it's at jeff ward show phone number is 512-834-1027 that's 512-834-1027 uh play true detective i guess and figure out how these three guys died in their friend's backyard 
while they're supposed to be. And by the way, if you're watching the game, what are you doing out there? Right? What are you doing? It's not like, and they didn't wander into... They didn't just wander into Mount Everest. Story out today says, Report adds intrigue to Bill Belichick's coaching market outside of Atlanta. Uh-oh. The implication here is that maybe Bill doesn't have a job. It says, this is from Yahoo Sports, the Atlanta Falcons are the only team that has interviewed the former New England Patriots head coach since he hit the open market in January. But Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio reports that Atlanta isn't the only team keeping an eye on Belichick. Multiple teams, he says, are quietly considering a potential run at the 71-year-old coaching legend. Six teams, the Falcons, six teams that have openings. Well, the Raiders don't anymore. So it's Chargers, Washington, Titans, Seattle, Carolina. Uh, Of those, Carolina is off the table because he's not going to get the wins. I would think... I wouldn't touch Washington either if I was the old man. I don't know that I would touch the Titans if I was the old man. Seattle, maybe, yes, maybe. But Atlanta's the one that makes sense. But he has to wait around until Jim Harbaugh, think about that. The game's greatest coach has to wait on Jim Harbaugh, the constant cheater, to decide what job he doesn't have so Belichick can, in his eyes, hopefully get that coaching job. Now, I, I don't understand this idea that you have to interview Bill Belichick. What, what, I don't even know what that means. If you're interested in Bill Belichick, you say, hey, if we, if we can do a deal, what do you need? Like, what do you need from us to make this happen? That's how you do it. That's what Jerry Jones should have done. That's what he should have said. Hey, Bill, what do you need? What can I do? I mean, take, you know I'm my roster. You know what we have. So take a look. You tell us what we need. And if we can do that, then we, we maybe we can make a deal together. You can coach here in Dallas or Atlanta or wherever. But he's sitting around waiting on whatever Jim Harbaugh doesn't do, which is just, which is pretty weird. It is. I, I mean, look, I, I think Jim Harbaugh will do well. He's going to get to pick where he goes. But... <laughs> The game's greatest coach has to wait for the scraps of somebody coming from Michigan. All right, here we go to Twitter. Uh, at uh, Ghost in the Machine, at Jeff Ward Show, on the three dead guys, I would need to hear what the blood alcohol content of each one of them was, including the passed out guy for two days. If they were higher than 2.20, I can buy the not a crime story. Um, wait a second. The legal limit is point oh eight. Is that right? I can't be point two. Okay, look. Uh, hang on, everyone. Else. I, I you, the three of them. One of them might get so drunk he just curls up in a ball and he lights down in the grass. Okay. Even then, if you're really, really drunk, I mean, you're really on your way to being out of your mind, would you really lie down in the yard and just die there? But there's three of you. It's not like one guy just lost his mind and, you know, had, you know, had three, had the Everclear and the MD-2020, all of it, 
you still wouldn't curl up in a ball and lie down in the yard. Not three of you. One of you could be sober enough to drag somebody up. One of you could be sober enough to make it to the street. One of you could be sober enough to make it to your car in the driveway. You know, in suburban Kansas City. No, no, man. There's got, there's got to be like some kind of fumes or <laughs> there's got to be. You can't get that drunk, all three of you. At Jeff Ward Show, at not the Jeff Olson. At least the Chiefs have a chance of making the Super Bowl. Think what a waste it would have been if these three guys had died while cheering on the Cowboys. Oh. I don't know. Did they even make the game? I mean, if you're that drunk, I don't even know if they're aware. Could it be even more tragic? They were there and thought they were going to watch the Chiefs, and yet they all passed out and died. Uh, at Jeff Orcho, bigger tragedy. Three NFL face painters don't know when to get out of a frozen backyard, or Nikki Haley, a college-educated person with dozens of well-heeled advisors, didn't know when to get out of a race for the presidency. Yeah. Yep. She lost. She she lost. <laughs> Congratulations, America. You're about to have a 100-year-old president. Way to go. Way to go. Neither of whom can complete a sentence. Way to go. Two of the lowest-rated presidents. I did a podcast where I, this is a like a YouTube clip that's out there. It's been out there for a while. I think it was 10 seconds, and I said... I think I said, congratulations, America. You're about to have... This is before the primaries, which, by the way, I don't think we should have primaries, which is a whole other discussion. I don't think we should have primaries. Therein lies our problem. One of our many problems. Stupidity is a giant problem, but primaries are a problem. and It's, it's not a healthy exercise. It's just set up for the industry of pol- politics. But, forget that. I believe the clip said, congratulations, America, you're going to have two of the lowest-rated presidents of all time, one of which is, and the two oldest presidents of all time. And I think the final part of that clip was, and the nut job is going to win. Now, I don't believe that to be true because a squirrel could beat the nut job. Either way, congratulations, America. Another shining day for us. Look at us go. Uh, how about this? At J.M. Hall, TXK. Is Dallas better, though, for Dak? C.D. Lamb turns... Okay, good question. Is Dallas the best spot for Dak Prescott? Could Dak Prescott walk out the door and find a better gig? Could he? I don't, I don't know that I agree with this, but I think it's pretty well thought out. Is Dallas better, though, for Dak? CeeDee Lamb turns his ankle, and what weapons does he really have? Atlanta is loaded. Imagine, to to follow up on that, imagine this. Bill Belichick gets that gig. Bill Belichick calls up your agent, Dak Prescott's agent, and says, listen, uh, we're going to, I've already been told, we'll pay him whatever. And look what he's got around him here. I, I I don't completely agree that the roster of the Falcons is better than the roster offensively of Dallas. The, the, what Dak Prescott has to think through, one is if I just had it here, you know, is that enough? I mean, I just had enough. But what I do think is legitimate is for him to say, 
you know what? The window's going to close. The window's not going to close on me. The window's going to close on this offensive line. The window's going to close on whatever I have at receiver. The window's going to close on a defense that's, you know, a good, was a good defense but couldn't stop the run. And, yeah, what if CeeDee Lamb either gets hurt or goes somewhere else? Because the thing that was amazing that made the Dallas flame out even more shocking and ridiculous is that they were incredibly healthy. Incredibly healthy all year. Dak Prescott was incredibly healthy. They, I mean, they really, you know, outside of they lost two players, one of which didn't matter that much, and one was back in August. So it, it was an incredible karma. Everything was on their side. So he can look at it, to your point, he can look at it and say, man, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be, I don't know what this team's going to be like in two or three years. And actually, I know the answer, and I think he knows the answer. They're going to suck. So, yeah, I, I could see him saying, I'll go to Atlanta. We're not going to be as good as I was in Dallas now, but in two or three years, we might be. And, oh, by the way, Bill Belichick's my coach and not mumbling Mike. And I don't know if, another part to this, I don't know if you think, if you were Dak Prescott, would you rather, I know it's going to sound funny, but he had a great year under Mike McCarthy. He did. He's going to finish second in the MVP. Do you want to play for Bill Belichick as a quarterback? I didn't say as a safety or defensive end. I said as a quarterback. I would think the answer is yes over mumbling Mike. But he might be happy with mumbling Mike. Um, at Jeff Ward Show, it would be more fun if Dak said, my receivers didn't run their routes, our defense sucked, and you know what? I'm not so sure we went, uh, we went to the moon. Then go on Joe Rogan. That would be fun. Look, trust me. I would love for the guy to snap. I would love for him to go Aaron Rodgers and Fauci and all that psycho stuff that he does. The guy, I mean, think about the pressure. When he walks into the office every day, one, he knows he's going to be blamed for everything. And number two, he has no idea what his owner has said that day or what a circus act is coming around him. So he has to go in there. It's almost like a presidential press secretary where your job is just to not really say anything. You've got to diffuse everything. That's what Dak Prescott has had to do almost every week of his career. And that is try to put out fires without saying anything, without ever once losing your head, ever once complaining, ever once. Because if he ever complained... If he ever said anything, people would go crazy. If he hinted, mumbling Mike didn't, do it, didn't call the right plays. If he even hinted, Jerry Jones is a doofus. Or he threw another teammate under the bus. If he ever even acted for 10 seconds like Aaron Rodgers does every minute of his life, that place, people would go crazy. Crazy-er. Um, it is at Jess Cook. Jerry Jones has not said a word in three days. <laughs> a wellness check on the Crypt Keeper. I hate to play into that, but is, is this not the longest period of time of silence for Jerry Jones in all of his years? I mean, one hour is a long time for Jerry Jones. It's been days and days. It's been over a week. 
and not a word from Jerry Jones. Uh, let's don't imply that he's freezing in someone's backyard. Let's don't do that. But it is, uh, it is pretty weird, I have to admit. All right, what happened to the guys? What happened? Brandon, what happened to them? Go. What do you think? You buy, you buy that it's not cr- criminal? No, I don't. Right. I don't buy it at all. I don't like either. The, none of this either. makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. I hate to laugh. I feel terrible, but there's no... Anyone listening, in your, your most ridiculous moment in college, your most knuckleheaded moment of drinking too much, you, one, would not curl up in a ball and freeze in someone's backyard. I mean, maybe for a few hours, but not to die. There's two other people there. Yeah. How do you all pass out at the same time? And then one of their girlfriends had to break into the break home? Break in, exactly. To call the police? To call the police. I'm calling foul, man. Yeah, it's, something doesn't add up. These are, either these are collectively the dumbest people the world has ever known, and I'm afraid it was kind of like that's, uh, what's that, um, what's the, this was Newton's law. Yeah. It had to happen. I just want to know how they glossed over, passed out for two days on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had no idea. Had no idea. <laughs> oh, man. No, something feel, doesn't add up. I don't That's feel weird. so great. I wonder where Bob and Steve are. Oh, God, they're there. Yeah, weren't they backyard. supposed to be here by yeah. now? Is there not a pet in the house somewhere? <laughs> or anybody? Anybody. Wondering where anybody. they are? Anybody. Yeah, I don't yeah, they, they, I mean, surely they have moms or dads or uncles or friends or bosses that say, golly, what's going on with those guys? <laughs> I haven't heard from them in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, Last I heard, they invited me over to Bob's house for a party. Wasn't Bob dead too? Why was he inside and they're outside? Yeah. Why? It's like they just decided to just stay. Just sit there naked in the yard until they die. I don't get it. (laughs) Why are they everyone? Come on. Bob is inside. He's nice and toasty. He's getting hammered inside watching the game by himself. And his buddies are outside. Why? And why would that be? Oh, but Jeff, they went out to what? Fill in the blank. Go ahead. I dare you. There is no way this happened as reported. Here, I'll play it again. This is it. I mean, this is all we know apparently as of now, which I have a problem with also. Really bizarre and upsetting story for a true detective. Three men were found dead in the Kansas City backyard of a friend who had invited them over to watch the Chiefs game earlier this month. The game was on January 7th, but their bodies weren't found in his backyard until January 9th, and that was only after the fiance and one of the men had broken into the home and called police after trying in vain to try to get a hold of that host for days. And his name is Jordan Willis, the man who hosted the party, and his lawyer told me that Jordan had passed out on the couch and slept for two days, totally oblivious to the fact that his friends were apparently freezing to death in his yard. Now, Willis isn't accused of any crimes. The police say there's no foul play. The men weren't murdered. So what happened to Ricky Johnson, Clayton McGinney, and David Harrington? These were all longtime friends. They even had plans to attend a Chiefs playoff game the next week, according to Jordan's lawyer. You know, an autopsy report will help shed some light on this tragedy, but for now, it's a really a head-scratcher that's generating a lot of speculation and concern online. Come on, everyone. Come on. You've got to be kidding me. Passed out for two days? Huh. There's an update. There's okay. An update. All right, we got, uh, what do we got, bullet holes? What do we got? A fifth friend was there, and apparently they were watching Jeopardy. 
Not only that, the three guys in the backyard, one body was separated from the two others. He was on the porch, and the other two were in the yard. Something doesn't add up. Look, I'm... I'm, I'm not Kojak exactly, but uh, I got a problem with this. Um, are you telling me we can't? I mean, is there, is there not a family anywhere that says, "Hey, excuse me, police, could you could you go talk to some people?" Because this, so now two guys are inside the house, and two people were oblivious to their their buddies dying in the yard. Is that correct? Now, the story kind of says that they were all hanging out. And then the guy said he left and all four of the guys were together and everybody was fine. Okay. And then apparently... Are they outside or inside? Inside. Okay. So, so they're, they're all hanging, hanging out okay. inside. They're all hanging out inside, getting hammered, playing Naked Twister, whatever. They're, they're yeah. watching Jeopardy. Watching Jeopardy. Watching Jeopardy. This guy <laughs> says he was there from 7 to midnight <laughs> and he's claimed all the friends were good and fine. Okay. That's about as far as it's gone. And then gone. they go... But, uh, and now, now three of them are dead. Three are dead. Okay. So then they go... Uh, Steve, you heading out tonight? Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta get to work early tomorrow. You guys have a great night watching Jeopardy uh, by yourselves. Good. Get hammered. Keep drinking. Okay, see ya, man. He walks out, gets in his car, drives away. Suburban Kansas City. One guy says, Hey, Freddie, I'm gonna go outside for a little bit. You know what? I'm gonna join you, too. Hey, hey, me too. Let's go outside. All right. You know, guys, I'm gonna stay in here and watch Jeopardy. That's it. Dead. Dead. Cops are waiting on the autopsy report. Okay, who killed him? The passed out buddy killed him. They killed one guy, killed the other two. Why did he freeze to death then? Right? If one of the guys in the yard, sitting in the yard, killed the other ones... He couldn't make it back inside in time to not freeze to the... Like I said, we act as if they were in the Antarctic. They're in Kansas City, man. In a neighborhood. Neighbors never come by. Neighbors never... I don't know, the dogs bark? Nothing? There's just multiple dead people laying around. Now, let's see. Now we're going to move this... We're going to move this along. You think the guy, you assume the guy inside killed him? Do you think the friend that left killed them? Do you think the girlfriend who allegedly showed up to break down the door to find them, you think she killed them? And by the way, however you kill three people, you think you killed them inside and dropped them outside? That's what I think. How do you kill three people in the yard in suburban Kansas City and no one notices? Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.